Come on in, sit back, relax. You're listening to episode 167 of the Wolf Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Greg Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. And much of the technology that we talk about in this podcast and work with at my company is designed to support managed accounts, which is one of our areas of expertise, which is fee-based managed account platforms. Separately, managed accounts, or SMAs, have consistently been one of the largest programs by AUM, recently reaching $1.5 trillion out of an over $9 trillion in managed account assets, according to Cerulli Associates. A great article uh, from my friends at Think Advisor, uh, talking about managed account assets are exploding. A major driver of asset growth in SMAs is growing demand by advisors to deliver a greater degree of customization for their clients. SMAs provide opportunities for advisors to take advantage of tax loss harvesting, among other things, uh, within client portfolios, uh, adding things like restrictions based on client preferences, such as not buying specific stocks or stocks in specific industries or sectors. Asset managers are introducing more SMAs in order to stay competitive, according to this article, which also is according to Saluli, I apologize. Uh, One of the best ways to do that is to give advisors and home offices maximum vehicle flexibility. So this is what this podcast is about. SMAs being launched by asset managers. Uh, There's a history of of asset managers recently over the past few years launching their own SMAs, including Fidelity, Putnam, American Century, Natixis, and Voya, uh, to name a few. Today's episode is another asset manager, DFA, Dimensional Fund Advisors, launching their own technology for advisors to invest their client assets in DFA-branded SMAs. I found this to be interesting because we wanted to drill down into the platform, understand the technology, why DFA built their own technology um, to, to launch this, how it's going to be working, why it's better for advisors, and how they plan to use it. So I was excited to speak to today's guests who are both from DFA. First is Lisa Dahmer, COO, and Sean Jabrzadeh, VP of Enterprise Client Group. Now, if you are the CXO for an asset manager, TAMP broker-dealer, enterprise RIA, or fintech provider, and need some advice and guidance on wealth management technology, you should run, not walk, to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can help with RFPs, software implementations, evaluation of your current tech platform, and more. You can take advantage of our free consultation offer by going to ezragroupllc.com. And a quick housekeeping note before we continue, please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Now, let's kick this thing off. I am excited to introduce our next two guests on the program are both from Dimensional Fund Advisors. First, we have Lisa Dahmer, Chief Operating Officer. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. Thanks for having me. And we also have Sean Jabrazadeh, VP of Enterprise Client Group. Hey, Sean. Hey, Craig. Thanks for having us. Really excited to have the conversation. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so glad to talk to some to people from Dimensional. Uh, we've worked with you guys before, and uh, you guys are really well known in the industry. But um, since you guys are both in different locations, and I'm in, well, I'm in a third location, so we're all spread out, which is a great thing about Zoom. Uh, Sean, can you please give us, for anyone who's been living under a rock and doesn't know Dimensional Fund Advisors, the 30-second elevator pitch? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dimensional Fund Advisors is a pioneer in systematic investing 
globally across public stock and bond markets. So for over 40 years, we've really led the industry in being able to bridge the gap between financial science that's being done in the realms of academia and actually delivering real life net of fee solutions for advisors and financial professionals so that they can then deploy those on behalf of their end investors. And more specifically, we work with independent financial advisors to ensure that we're supporting the growth in their business, the communication they have with their clients so that they can continue to have scalable and profitable businesses as well. Thanks, Sean. Um, we're here to talk about uh, some of the technology uh, that Dimensional has launched recently. But one of the things that everyone knows about Dimensional is you've, you've been very well uh, integrated into the uh, independent RIA space, but recently has expanded into other client segments. So can you talk a little bit about the results of this and how it's how Dimensional's audience has changed over the years? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll uh, maybe take a, a step back. Dimensional started its roots in the institutional marketplace, so working with institutions, foundations, and endowments in the early 1980s. Uh, and in the early 90s, as you just suggested, Craig, we expanded in working with some of the earliest financial professionals in the independent advice movement. Uh, but as the years went on, and I would say the marketplace uh, of uh, uh, companies out there really caught up with the independent movement, you saw that you could have independent financial advisors, not just in the RA space, but through independent broker dealers or even ones um, in other wirehouse situations. So I think Dimensional has had a very robust platform to serve independently minded financial professionals. And where you find those independent professionals has expanded over the years. And our solutions, as well as our service offering beyond the investments themselves, has allowed us to meet those folks where they need to be met. Um, and what's been really great about that is that sometimes comes in the form of different types of investment solutions, whether you're talking about private wealth markets for high net worth clients or the mass affluent, that can mean things in the retirement space. And that also means having to innovate globally as well. And so we've had the good fortune of taking that foundation that you alluded to, but expanding it across many, many more financial professionals. And that's important because one of the hallmarks of what we're trying to achieve at the firm is getting this investment approach that we believe increases the probability of investment success for end investors in the hands of as many of them as we can. And so those financial professionals have been uh, amazing partners for us in that endeavor. One of the other things that we do a lot as a group uh, is work with firms on build versus buy decisions around technology. And it's always interesting how they decide whether to do that. And one thing I wanna talk about is your separately managed account platform that was recently launched uh, by DFA. Can you talk about, um, of that a little bit and why you guys decided to build it versus buy it or rent it from another platform provider? Sure, Craig, it's a, it's a good question. And every company faces this in, in all industries. What do we build versus what do we buy? And I think the, you know, the, the, the starting place is really to understand what is your core competency? What is it that is your secret sauce? And if you, if, if, if it's important that that secret sauce be the thing that the client interacts with and the client um, interfaces with very directly, then that's the piece you want to build yourself. So, you know, um, you can buy a lot of componentry for technology, um, but, you know, the pace of evolution of the piece of software or technology, as in our SMA center, for example, the client 
and the advisor directly interact with, that's where our secret sauce is stitched into the process. So it's very important that we that we build that ourselves and we can then control the timing of certain functionality release, the timing of when we bring out certain products and we're not reliant on a third party you know, software agreement, a third party um, understanding of the functionality, uh, or working with a third party to design the processes we need. So that user experience was super important to us because that is, you know, all part of how we engage with advisors and help them um, have a customized experience for their end client. So that's how we looked at the build versus buy decision. All good points. All some of the reasons we were, all some of the recommendations we, we offered to firms as well. So you've, you've really done the, the right thing there. So when you, you built this technology, what is it integrated with and what other parts of the DFA ecosystem does it interact with? Well, since we have a singular investment process and a singular investment theory, whether we're doing it in a mutual fund, whether we're doing it for um, a separately managed institutional account or these uh, smaller separately managed accounts where we lowered the minimum investment, um, you know, we, we're implementing the same investment theory. So we need to connect to the same um, uh, decision-making software that we've built proprietary over the years for our systematic investing that Sean mentioned. So whether it's uh, the, you know, the price information, whether it's the tax lot information, whether it's the performance and the attribution uh, calculation information to, to see what's happening in the portfolio, um, trade execution, so all of the technology uh, framework that we use, we actually, it, it, we try to operate very scalably in that operating model. So this new SMA technology had to basically be able to connect to all of that. One of the kind of very different features was though that we were doing it as smaller account size. Um, and that was very different. And we were taking in as clients, bring us an account. Sometimes they fund with cash. Sometimes they fund with securities. And when they fund with securities, we've got to onboard that historical tax lot information. And so, you know, tracking that and pulling that in, you know, there's, there was, that's one example of some differences, but, you know, quite frankly, from our perspective, our, as Sean, you know, mentioned it and called it our science of investing, that's consistent no matter what vehicle we're, we're doing, we're, you know, deploying it to whether it's a institutional separate account, whether it's a mutual fund, or in this case, uh, a, a, you know, separately managed account for an advisor that's very specific to their client's needs. So we had to hook into the, the full operating model um, and make some adjustments to be able to do that and then do that at scale in this type of product and offering. Yeah, Craig, and, and what I'll add is Lisa mentioned the user experience. And so for many decades, Dimensional has had an advisor site and that advisor site uh, houses a lot of uh, proprietary research that we share uh, with our clientele, um, academic research that might be um, in collaboration with others, analytics, um, model building resources. Uh, and so what we actually did from a user perspective is we created the SMA center, Lisa mentioned a few minutes ago, and we integrated into that advisor site. So now the advisor site becomes a one-stop shop where an advisor can come in, learn about dimensional, model out portfolios, decide if a separate account should be a part of the solution for their clients, step seamlessly into the separate account center. And from there, they can build a separate account proposal. 
which actually comes with deliverables that they can show to a client to help make the case for the trade-offs that they need to make for that decision. They can launch the separate account from there. They can request things like monthly reports and they can request support for it. So technology is very important, but then sitting right behind that is when there's someone that is essentially signaling to dimensional that they need to have a proposal delivered to them to Lisa's point, have a tax transition analysis delivered to them, a report or a custom request, such as a cash redemption, a change in the management of the portfolio. We created a lot of additional infrastructure of the firm where from the advisor site, there's direct linkage to our separate account solutions team who are then quarterbacking so many of the work that happens behind the scenes. So I think that's been very, very uh, seamless, both for the end user and for dimensional internally, because we needed to be sure many people can work very effectively together to be sure that at least this point we can profitably and scalably deliver everything we've done for 40 years, but in a far lower minimum. And we've been getting really positive uh, feedback, which has been very gratifying. So now I have a lot of questions, right? So you brought up a number of interesting issues uh, about the, the estimating center. So you talk about funding accounts with security, so that's via ACATS, right? They're transferring securities in. Can they hold those securities and, and sell them down over time? Is there a tax transition part of this process? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, just to kind of paint a picture, uh, going back to that user design, um, and we actually hired uh, user design experts uh, out there in the space to help think through how we wanted to design user experience. We got feedback from actual financial professionals through two advisory councils that we ran for a year leading up to the launch so we can refine it over time. You first select a starting strategy, the dimensional is designed for you. Then you move into your customization levers. And to your point, one of those levers is tax management. And so if you do have a funding source being securities, we give you four customization levers. No tax management, if you have a non-taxable account like an IRA that you're actually using for the separate account solution, or three different levers of tax management across light, standard, and aggressive. And what we're doing there is, although it is systematic and scalable for dimensional to execute, we wanted the control of the emphasis on tax management, whether pre-tax or after-tax, to be in the hands of the financial professional. So they get to tell us whether they want dimensional every single day to gear the management of the portfolio towards higher pre-tax returns, which means that you can keep the design of the portfolio uh, kind of exactly where you want it to be, whether you want to have a balance between the, the portfolio design and the tax management that Dimensional is doing on your client's behalf, or that we should have a very low threshold for going after tax house harvesting activity as an example. And so the portfolio might start looking a little bit different over time, but you're telling us that the client has a very high sensitivity to taxes. And so the control is with them, but then we have a very scalable way to execute it on the back end for them every single day. And we've developed the platform such that it's not a set it and forget it. As a client's circumstances change across tax, environmental, social governance, proxy voting, or individual security or sector restrictions, as a financial professional, you could go back into the SMA center, you can zoom into that account that might require a change, you can make what we call live account edits, we'll run another tax transition analysis for you so you can assess the trade-offs of making those changes on behalf of your client. And then you give us the go-ahead. And once again, in a very streamlined way, we're off to the races making those changes over the course of the next few business days. So a lot of flexibility built in to give a lot of the decision-making power uh, in the hands of the advisor. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to ask, do you show the 
an analysis, like a what if, like if I do this change, what's going to happen to my pre post tax uh, results of my portfolio? So you, you do have that. I think that's that's something that some firms don't have. So sort of flying blind when they're adding restrictions or other other um, things are changing about an account. Yeah. So yeah. So the lenses that we provide are through the characteristics of the portfolio, the tax. Uh, consequences of some of those trade-off decisions. And then as an example, because one of the most important things is advisors trying to bridge the gap between what they believe their clients care about and tangibly actually showing them they're meeting their clients' needs. And so as an example, if you have a client that is interested in a sustainability overlay customization in the separate account, we offer in our reporting um, what's called scope one and scope two greenhouse gas emission data visualization so that an advisor can actually go back to their client and say, given what you told me you care about, here's how some of the changes in the portfolio will actually impact the way that the portfolio constituency leads to its footprint, if you will, through a greenhouse gas perspective. And so we've, we've taken a lot of care to be sure that we're giving advisors the information they need so that they can help themselves and their clients make informed decisions about the setup or changes in the future in the account. That's terrific. One other thing you mentioned was uh, that it's integrated, this new SMA center is integrated into the advisor side. That was a question I had that it wasn't a separate application. They have to switch screens, no. go to a separate you know, part of the website. It's all in one area when they're building, when they're doing their analytics, they're doing their models, they're building a proposal, they can switch in between SMAs and other uh, securities. Yes, yes. And, and that was a really important point, right? Advisors have, um, a lot of tooling that they'd use for whether it be, you know, client onboarding or uh, risk profiling. And so there's this very, you know, significant kind of, I call it the swivel chair experience between applications and websites. And we wanted uh, to build it in within our website so that it felt all part of the dimensional experience. Um, and so it was very much integrated into that front end, which meant we had to also integrate into the back end. Uh, you know, Sean pointed out like the live account edit. You know, that's a great feature, whether it's, you know, an ESG screen on, on carbon emissions, or let's say you set it up, your client changes jobs or industries and they want to change a industry. They want to apply an industry screen mm -hmm. because they already feel like, let's say they're an automotive executive and they feel like they're, you know, already exposed to the automotive industry through their work and they want to screen that out. Right. So that is example of, again, those live account edits, that customization that we offer advisors and those changes we had, we actually implemented technology within the, uh, within the tech stack that's called a message bus that when those changes come in, this technology called a message bus will send a message to other applications in the tech stack about new events, new changes. So we we very much had to think about this kind of two-way interaction that we were developing with the advisor through the front end that was all part of our existing um, interface with the client and the advisor. But it did require us to kind of think differently because we people were going to be, you know, literally saying, I want this, I don't want that. And it was going to be captured in the technology, which uh, we needed to, you know, make sure scalably connected to our infrastructure. One of the things I find interesting about what you've done here, it's, it's kind of a, a move away from how DFAs operated in the past. I mean, it's in a good way, right? You're, you're providing more services and more capabilities, but you're sort of moving into the TAMP 
capability area where a lot of firms, a lot of TAMPs offer very similar services where you can build your, your models, you build your portfolios, you can mix and match different types of securities. You've got a team in the background that can help you portfolio with proposals. Do you see yourself as, as competing with TAMPs in some ways? And is that something you, you were concerned about when you built the SMA Center? No, I would I wouldn't say I, I don't see ourselves as competing with TAMPS. We have a, a lot of relationships and we definitely value the role that the TAMPS play in the ecosystem for advisors. There's a, you know, we're not uh trying to uh um you know book trades, do settlement. We're we're not a end-to-end uh, technology or back office processing tool for an advisor. So I would say that we're complementary. Um, and actually, if anything, we're an example of why somebody would, you know, how this, how, we're an example of using technology to help the advisor do that which they want to do and do it better at a more customized level at a way that they can then explain and illustrate to their client. We're, we're complementary in the same way at Tampa's. Yeah. And, and Craig, uh, if you remember, I mentioned that we stood up uh, two advisory councils leading up to the actual live launch of our program. And we actually had, so the two groups were, the first group were what I consider subject matter experts in separate accounts. Virtually every end client of that firm was getting a separate account. And the second group were kind of newer to the idea, maybe had launched a few accounts. And it was a wonderful mix of perspective we were gaining. Well, in both of the groups, we actually had temps that were a part of that advisor council feedback loop. Um, and today, as a part of our launch clients, we actually serve several TAMPs. So I think just going back to Lisa's point about being complimentary, we took both independent RAAs, uh, folks through independent broker-dealers and TAMP firms to ensure that actually the platform we were building could serve a single uh, individual RAA that's kind of doing everything for the firm, all the way to serving a TAMP that has to serve hundreds of constituents and everyone in between. And I think that flexibility has served us well out of the gate and will continue to serve us well as far as where we take the program. But um, it's been a really exciting collaboration with the community. Glad to hear that. And everyone is really both partners and competitors in some way. There's a lot of co-opetition going on, whether you're custodians or you're an RA platform vendor or you're a mutual fund, other things. So everyone's sort of overlapping in lots of little, little ways. But how do, so uh, one question I had was, how do the SMAs get traded? So if I'm on your platform, I'm on your SMA center, I say I want SMA from Nuveen or an SMA from you know, Harbor, uh, Safe Harbor, I want this, this, uh, that SMA. How does that get, and I pick it, I, I choose it, I, I put it in my portfolio, how does it get executed and traded? Yeah, I'll start. I think Lisa uh, might want to come in as well. So just to maybe clarify a little bit. so. Dimensional, right, as you know, Craig, is in 40 years in the business of building investment solutions based off of the academic science. And so in the same way that we build mutual funds, we build active transparent ETFs, we've actually designed starting strategies through the lens of a separate account. So whether it be a U.S. large cap, a U.S. all cap exposed to things like size, value, profitability, whether it be global separate accounts where you're getting your access through American depository receipts, um, it's dimensional design solutions. So not third-party separate accounts. Because I think the reason folks are coming to us is because they consider us an expert in capital markets and execution. Um, and so we wanted to build that in and deliver it to the community. So you start off with selecting that strategy that dimensional is designed. 
you get to apply any number of customizations such as tax management customization, ESG, individual security restrictions, or sub-industry restrictions for human capital considerations like Lisa alluded to. And then um, you go through the process of getting your tax transition analysis, selecting which strategy you'd like to launch from relative to the trade-off you want to make for the gain realization that you might need to incur. And then Dimensional is managing it every single day. And so what we were really trying to go for is everything that we've delivered for 40 years, how much of that could we deliver at a far lower minimum than the commingle solutions that we have that are running billions of dollars at a time, but while demanding the least amount of interaction for the professional. So the least amount of inputs from the advisor to get them to exactly where they want to be in a customized solution was kind of really what we needed to go for. And so I would say the three pillars that we stand on are going beyond indexing, which has been a staple of what we've delivered forever, um, going beyond the tax management that is purported to be done out there in a very thoughtful manner in a daily cadence. And then what you, Lisa, and I have been talking about for the last 20 minutes, which is ensuring that all of it is very streamlined. Because when we ran a lot of feedback in the early days, the it's a, I'd say a non-technical term, but advisors said what's out there is clunky. It's Excel sheets being yeah. exchanged by emails and so forth. And so we wanted to take care to make sure we made it as operationally streamlined while delivering what they wanted. Um, and Lisa can chime in on kind of the performance and trading if you like at all. Yeah, I mean, so for example, um, you know, Sean mentioned that people were looking for things to feel uh, more integrated, uh, you know, less spreadsheets going back and forth. And so one of the things we have set up is a way for the advisor to onboard with their custodian and their account information uh, in this SMA center. So, you know, these clients come to us, sometimes they fund with cash, as we mentioned, sometimes they fund with securities and we're, we're you know, transitioning it to a particular positioning of, you know, a dimensional designed SMA. And we've got to inter interact with their custodian to capture those tax lots or to fund from the custodian's account, the account they have at the custodian. So all of that is done in the SMA center uh, that we designed and built. And we want it to feel uh, like, you know, a very simple um, user experience um, for onboarding. And, and we can accommodate several different custodians because ultimately we're not the custodian the advisor still uses the custodian that they have for that client. Excellent. Thanks for clarifying that. I, thought I, uh, I should have known that. It's only DFA SMAs, right? Only, only the SMAs that you guys create are available, which makes perfect sense. Uh, and it's all traded, of course, on the advisor's custodian. That's where all the trades happen, right? Correct. And you're like an overlay on top of that. Yeah, I will. I will make a comment on that, Craig. Just I think Dimensional is kind of known for being very thoughtful and making sure that we leave no stone unturned. We actually run internally weekly trade cost analysis on all the separate account trading that happens at the market level, um, and the result. We want to ensure that everything that we've set up by design is actually the way we expect it to happen uh, week in and week out. Um, and we've been. Uh, we're actually our research team um, is in the process of. Um, delivering a first half 2022 paper on our, the trade cost analysis, because I think many folks are going to be very um, impressed by our execution ultimately through the very purposeful design uh, from the strategy level and the management level. So that would report on best execution? That's exactly right. right. So you would, uh, hopefully it will show that your best execution is below the market, below the, the volume weighted average of that time period. 
Yeah, well, let me say this. I, I can't speak to what the uh, end result is going to be in the paper, but I'm sure uh, uh, we're publishing it because we're very excited about the results. <laughs> Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good news. It's going to be good. <laughs> Terrific. So now this has been live for a year, the SMA Center, and advisors are using it. They're embracing it. What are you seeing? What trends are you seeing in the way advisors are using the SMA Center? Yeah, I, I can start. Um, so it's really interesting. And I think this is maybe one of the most exciting parts ultimately on our side is it's one thing to hear the industry at large talk about a movement towards customization or how they're trying to meet clients where they need to be met. It's another thing to have very specific data on how that's manifesting for end client portfolios. And so I'll just give you a few statistics uh, a year in. So when we take a look at all of the accounts that have launched so far, um, we see that um, tax management. So I told you we have four customization levers within tax management alone, over 90% of the accounts that have launched are being designated as standard or aggressive tax management. What that does, it reinforces, I would say, the fact that the primary reason today that financial professionals are deploying separate accounts remains custom tax management, right? Where you have clients that have a level of sensitivity and you want to ensure that you can customize around those needs, around the low cost basis securities that they might have, you want to diversify um, beyond. Now, if I move away from tax management customization for a moment and I look at all the accounts and I say, what about, about other customization across ESG or otherwise, what you see is 50% of the accounts that have launched actually have no customization beyond tax management. So the advisor is saying, what I really needed to come here for is a customization beyond what a mutual fund or even an ETF can provide because we can do lot level tax management on behalf of the client relative to what their circumstances may be. And as you probably know, Craig, you can use a separate account as an offset to what's happening outside of the separate account, whether it's a realized gain or a loss outside of the separate account, you can use a separate account um, as a complementary piece. And then for the other 50% where they are using customization, we kind of define them or label them as 25% of them are what we call minimally customized. So they're customizing between one to five specific pieces across ESG, individual security or sub-industry customization. And the other 25% are what I consider highly customized, which are greater than five customizations across ESG, individual security or sub-industry. So it's been really interesting to see the wide spectrum of use cases um, that advisors are delivering separate accounts for. Those were a lot of statistics. <laughs> we so, can follow up if you'd like. No, I just want to I just want to review them quickly because you, you went through so many. So 50% of accounts have no customization beyond tax management. Correct. And 90% of those accounts have either standard or aggressive tax management. Right. So what does that tell you? What's the message that's saying that, that investors or their advisors are more attuned to taxes, more concerned about taxes or less? Uh, more. Uh, I would say it's one, they're yeah. more tuned. And there's a big uh, backdrop, of course, depending on the state you live in um, and the broader economy about taxes kind of always being on the table. So I think it says that advisors are more tuned and investors are more tuned. I think the other thing that it says is that advisors are looking for more sophisticated tax management. So it's not just important to say mm -hmm. that you care about tax management. It's really important to be able to customize relative to the client circumstances. I'll go back to one of maybe Lisa's examples from earlier and expand on it. Let's say you have a client who's a business owner and they start out by not really taking much of an income. 
And so if we take the state part out of it for a moment, they're not a high income individual, right? Because everything's really tied into the business. You launch a separate account with a low minimum, you give them a foundation of individual securities, knowing that in the subsequent 12, 24, 36 months, they're going to have a liquidity event. That liquidity event happens. All of a sudden, they go from being uh, lightly sensitive, if at all, to taxes, to being hypersensitive to taxes. Mm. You go back into the Dimensionals SMA Center. You go from the light custom tax management to aggressive. You hit launch with Dimensional. And now all of a sudden, Dimensional is retuning our daily tax management thresholds to ensure that now we're driving towards the highest after-tax return uh, circumstance for that client because their individual financial circumstances change. So I think customization, but with a lot of flexibility, so you can have the separate account uh, go through the investment journey that the client might have over the course of being a client. Interesting. So of course we all know that SMAs can offset other accounts and other holdings that a client may have. Do you have any um, held away account uh, or uh, you know, account aggregation technology where I can see as an advisor other accounts that the client has like an offset or they have to bring those, that information in on their own? Yeah, it's the latter. And I think this goes back to Lisa's comment about not being end-to-end, -end, right? So there's a place for other tools in the overarching tech stack that a financial professional uses. And so um, they would tell us that information. Now, uh, in the case of wash sale considerations though, when a financial professional links uh, another account to the dimensional separate account, we will take care to not trip wash sale rules as we're endeavoring right. to do daily tax management considerations. Super important. Most applications have that. We, we call that tax aware. But yes. That is, that's the bare minimum. You want to watch out for wash sales. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, we're, uh, we're almost out of time. I want to get another question or two in. So um, what's on your 12 to 24 month roadmap for technology? What can we expect to see from, from DFA in the next year or two? Sure, Craig, I think it's a great question. I think, you know, our view is to continue to enhance the functionality in the SMA center. So for example, adding ETFs, dimensional ETFs as a tooling and as a selection in the SMA center, but also, you know, preparing ourselves for, uh, you know, consideration around fixed income securities in the SMA center. Um, and and just constantly improving that user interface. As Sean mentioned, we work a lot with our focus groups, both advisors as well as our, our peers um, and um, industry uh, partners of TAMPS. And we really want to take in that feedback on, you know, how do they want to be able to take this to your point and, you know, make sure that they're able to use the information and, and look at it in their whole portfolio. So there might be things they want to export, et cetera. So performance um, attribution, uh, you know, the effectiveness of that tax management. So we're just really looking at functionality enhancement over the course of the next year. And then on our side, making sure we're doing that as, as, as I'm looking at the whole operating structure, everything from onboarding the account to transitioning the account into the positioning that Dimensional uh, thinks is best for that design, given the preferences they put in, the selections they put in, executing reporting, you know, uh, billing and the whole interaction uh, space end to end. I'm looking at that from an operating model perspective to make sure we're operating quite scalably, but scalably not to the sacrifice of that customization we think that the advisor should have and should have control and features on. Because meeting your customer where they are 
delivering to the advisor the, the the features they need in order to explain their view to the to the end investor. That is the number one goal, and uh, doing that in a way that we can bring our systematic, quantitative, um, you know, process uh, to to basically more more advisors at a different you know account size. This has been super helpful for me. I really appreciate your time to help me understand the SMA Center, how it fits in. And of course, the audience, I'm sure they're uh, much more educated on how this all works. Uh, Lisa Dahmer, Sean Jarrazada, thank you so much for being on the program and, and helping us understand the SMA Center and, and DFA. Where can people find out more information about Dimensional Fund Advisors? Yeah, I think they can uh, email us at sma at dimensional.com or they can go on our public site uh, dfaus.com and find information there as well. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being on the program, guys. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's Greg again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. DFA built their own SMA technology center rather than using one of the external tech platforms that are available, um, which is interesting from my point of view because Advisors wouldn't really know the difference since any tech is white label, but this is part of a trend we're seeing with more asset managers building their own tech, sort of a hybrid TAMP. You know, where does that where does a TAMP line begin for an asset manager? Where does it end? How much technology does an asset manager build before they become sort of like a TAMP? Excellent question we can explore on another podcast or even in a blog post. Second takeaway: uh, the DFA SMA Center will only offer DFA SMAs, just their strategies. It is not a supermarket like Adhesion or other uh, other TAMPs out there because they're not a TAMP, right? They're just an asset manager. They want to offer only their own strategies through their SMA center, which makes a lot of sense. And a third takeaway, this SMA center will be integrated into the DFA advisor site with research, analytics, models, proposals, uh, with tax analysis, basically everything an advisor needs to work with uh, the DFA products. Great idea. We love integrations. We uh, here at Ezra Group encourage integrations, especially with our Ezra Group Wealth Tech Integration Score, trying to make more uh, firms integrate and, and make it more transparent as well. So good to see that this SMA Center will be integrated into the rest of DFA. And that's the end. You've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. Please go to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and subscribe to our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, links, news, analysis, insights. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you all again next time.